And there we go. We are live across the networks on TikTok, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you want to watch this, we are there. The Maple Leafs are making moves. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a direct response to what Tampa Bay just did by getting Tanner Janot for their pretty much entire draft class. But we want to break it down with someone who's in the know, and that is Mr. Terry Koshan. Terry, I know you're not with us on video, but you are here via the phone. What's going on? Hey, good to see you. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, not sure what's happening there, but uh, better this than nothing, I guess, right? So here we go. Good to have you here, Terry. Good to have you. Now, um, I guess let's get right into it. Like, What are your thoughts on today's trade? Well, it's uh, it's a good one. Uh, you know, you you know, first of all, the Leafs get a couple of players who are going to be here for a while and make that sort of impact that we're expecting. I think, uh, you know, Jake McCabe, uh, a lot of good things for Chicago at five on five guys on a team that we know was terrible. And Sam Lafferty's a good energy player who will not only bring that sort of flavor to the uh, Leafs bottom six, but a scoring touch as well. And uh, you know, I. I guess the, the initial reaction is, okay, well, this is kind of a response to Tampa, if you want to call it that. But, you know, Jim was telling us today that this was in the works before Tampa acquired uh, uh, Tanner Janelle from the National Predators. So the Leafs have had their eye on McCabe for a while. This was back to the summer of 21 when, they, when he was a free agent and there were discussions with him. We've heard Lafferty, Lafferty's name at, at other points during the winter. So... I think it's a good deal. As I wrote today, it's commend Kyle Dulles because they've added four players in the past 10 days, four guys who can make an impact in the playoffs, and they haven't taken one person off the current roster. And I think that uh, that is some shrewd work by the GM. Now, that's today. That's that's the end of February. We'll see what happens uh, mid-April and beyond. But uh, I think if you're a Leafs fan, there's a lot to like what's happened here in the last uh, little while. No, definitely. Well, the, the key thing there is no one off the active roster. But yeah. then that begs the question, Terry. Obviously, we'll get into more minutia of the deals here. But doesn't that mean that someone does have to be traded off the active roster or put on LTIR or something to make all of this work? Or what are the Leafs planning to do here? Well, you know, Matt Murray is going to come off LTIR this week. I mean, it was... Uh, reiterated that today. That was the thinking when the team headed out west to Sheldon Keith. And, uh, you know, once he does, then obviously that, that type of cash isn't available for them. But, uh, you know, Dubas is, uh, you know, taking a wait-and-see approach. As he reminded us, Rasmus Sandin was hurt last year in Nashville, didn't play the rest of the year. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that injury came two days before the deadline or around there. It was, it was awfully close. So, you know, Dubas is a word to us today, guys. Well, let's, let's get through the games at Edmonton and Calgary. There's time to make these decisions. You know, it's not like that dine's come, coming tomorrow afternoon. It's not until Friday. So, you know, those those things will come. Now, you look at, a, at the depth that the Leafs have now, really a lot more at forward than they had in the Chari and, um, and uh, Lafferty. And, uh, you know, I don't have to include Ryan O'Reilly to that because I don't see the depth players a lot more than that. But, so now you have three forwards there. So does that, you know, does that make somebody like a, a Pierre Engvall or an Alex Perfect who are on uh, expiring contracts expendable in the next few days? And then do you get some of that money? Uh, uh, do you get some of that money at the door? We'll have to see. Um, but I, I don't think Dubas is done yet. Because that's what you're getting at overall. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, there's still probably something else coming uh, down here in the next 72 hours. But you know, as it stands, no matter what happens in the next few days, the heavy lifting, if you will, is done. 
and the Maple Leafs are going to be a better hockey team uh, going forward than they were 10 days ago. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, Terry, we have a bunch of viewers. They don't know, they don't really know what Jake McCabe's about. Can you give us, or even Sam Lafferty, can you give us a brief rundown of what these guys can bring to the Leafs? Well, he's going to bring, the, 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 you guys know, the, the Leafs needed or wanted that person to come in, whatever defenseman they're going to get, to take some of the, and do some of the things that Jake Muslin would have done had he been healthy. And I think that's how they look at Jake McCabe. Play with a bit of an edge to his game. Play with uh, uh, some defensive responsibility. Uh, you know, um, just have that presence about him in the defensive zone. You know, as Dude was saying to us today, he's a guy that spent most of the season playing with Seth Jones, and uh, and some of the underlying numbers look good uh, on, on a really on a not good uh, Blackhawks team. So, you know, just some stability. I think he's going to get into be a, a top four player. I don't have it right in front of me, but he was near 20 minutes a game with with the Blackhawks. So, you know, I, I'm curious to see how this all works out from from the vantage point of Sheldon Keith and, and Dean Schnuth now and what they do with the defense core. A lot of options for them. Keith's had a lot of options that got forward, as he's been saying, with O'Reilly and Achari. Well, now he's got quite a few pieces to move around on the blue line with the addition of McCabe. But I, I just think he'll bring that uh, that part of it. He's 29. As he, he hasn't played an NHL playoff game, so there is that. Uh, and at least you're well aware, aware of it. But they just think they'll bring he'll bring some of that presence that, like I say, they would have had had Jake Muzzin been healthy right now. Yeah, well, that's the one thing that I think that a lot of Leaf fans were hoping for was the Leafs to either get a Jake Muzzin back for the playoffs uh, if he was healthy or B, to get someone who's comparable to him. And I look at uh, Jake McCabe, and I say that's a guy that definitely can do it. Going to wear Luke Shen's old number, a number two. Um, I'm pretty fired up about this deal. I mean, I've been beating the Laffrey drum for a little while, and then the Nola Cherry and the Ryan O'Reilly. I've been talking that. I talked to you about that, geez, September. So, I mean, that was something that I wanted, and everybody was kind of like, well, it's St. Louis. They're not going anywhere, and they always think they got a chance. But The Leafs make that other deal. And um, I want to ask you, you look at the deal that Tampa just made, basically giving up all of their draft capital for yeah. Tanner Janot. And I mean, I made the joke, and it is it is funny, you know, a, a draft pick for each goal because it looked that way. Um, do you think that Tampa overpaid for Tanner Janot, or was it just paying the piper for the guy that you want? No, I... As, as I said about the, the Leafs and, and look, the way they look today, they're better today, but we have to wait for the playoffs to see how that plays out. It's the same thing in Tampa. I can say today, right now, guys, the Tampa overpaid. If they're if they're hoisting the Stanley Cup in the middle of June, which is possible, then you can come back and strike through some marks and say that they didn't, because presumably you know what to do with that, whatever that role might be. So it's hard to say right now. It's a, you don't know too either because you don't know what those picks are going to become. You know, like Cal Foot, I guess, has yeah. a future in the NHL. You know, there is some, uh, you know, thought that he could be a good defenseman at some point and, and a little more reliable than he has been. But uh, the fact of the matter is you just don't know. And if you're got like Julian Brisebois, who has been there, done that, uh, you have a fairly good idea of what it takes to win. If I'm a Lightning fan, I, I love the confidence of my GM because it also says, you know, that we expect to win now, period. And, yeah, the Boston Bruins are there. We all know what's going on in the Metro with, with, with uh, you know, the Rangers and the Devils and the Hurricanes and what their capabilities are. But, uh, you know, it, it's hard to say. Is it Tampa, you know, on paper, last night, gave up a hell of a lot. We know that. 
those picks have to become something years from now. And by then, you know, who knows? Uh, but if Tampa goes far in the playoffs this year and wins the cup again, uh, you know, I don't think those things will matter. And same for the Leafs too. I mean, Kyle Davis has probably given up more draft picks in the last little while than he would have probably hoped. But I think the other thing we got to talk about too, guys, is maybe we're going to get to it, is not only is he not delete off the current roster yet, he still could by Friday, but all of these players going out the door are not high-end prospects. All due respect to, to uh, you know, Abramov going to St. Louis, and I don't even count good act. He wasn't going to play for him anyway. And, uh, you know, the two that went out today, Joey Anderson and Pavel Gogolev, they're not high-end prospects for the Leafs. They were probably never going to do anything more than what Anderson was doing, which was finally crazy to have a fourth-line spot. So, also command Dubas for that, but you know, we'll, we'll see what becomes the first round pick and everything. But, uh, you know, it's uh, getting back to the Tampa. I guess today, like I said, on paper, yeah, it's a lot. But if they're lifting the cup again, it won't matter. Yeah, well, I'm hoping the, uh, the, the, the bell rings true this year that maybe Tampa finally is a little tired. And, uh, you know, maybe the Leafs get to uh, take advantage of that fact. But we never know. Tampa seems to save the gas for the playoffs. Um, I will ask you this question. We look at the uh, the lineup here, and there's another player that a lot of people are clamoring for. You just talked about top prospects not leaving, and that is one Matthew Nyes. Um, there's a lot of people who think that he may have an impact on this roster. Do you see him coming in and playing for the Leafs this year, or are they going to slowly bring him along? Well, it's not the Leafs' history to rush anybody. It's mm-hmm. not Carl Davis's. And... Not so much as Dubas said today, because he, you know he told us that he was in Minnesota over the weekend, guys, and he saw Nice play and is, is really happy with the development that, that he's had in his sophomore year, and you know more than a point a game again, and, and everything else, and the hope there that they win the Big Ten and then go on to win the Frozen Four in in Tampa in April. I'll take you back to what Kyle Dubas said a few weeks ago when he said, "Let's temper this a bit on Matthew Nice, expecting him to come in and make an impact." right away upon signing April 10th or whenever it might be, you're asking for a lot. Yep. You're asking for a lot. You're asking for a lot. Like, and listen, I know that he's a big kid. He's 6'3", and does so many things well. It's one thing to do so many things well and dominate in the NCAA. It's quite another to come and make a real impact in the National Hockey League. Not only in the NHL, but to do it at a time when, yeah, guys are going to be bumped and bruised and all that sort of thing, but do it at a time when everyone's going – 100% as far as as the speed goes and into the playoffs and the intensity and everything else. So I'm curious to see how that all plays out, you know, whether he gets up here a little bit sooner, uh, you know, if Minnesota doesn't go as far as they want to go into their postseason. Uh, I'm sure that they will go far, though, considering they're ranked number one right now in Division One. So, but I don't think, I think, guys, if you're asking, if you're looking at Matthew Guy saying, well, he could, be, he could be the dark horse here for the Leafs, I don't see it, and I think a lot of other people don't see it that way. Well, I'd rather see him, and I've said this a few times now, I'd like to see him come in, maybe get a cup of coffee on the third or fourth line just to get his feet wet. I don't need him to be anything more than that, just to show up and get a chance, maybe give some guys a couple of nights off towards the end of the season if his team does not go deep. But I'm of the same ilk to say that you should take your time. Don't shell shock the kid. The last guy we shell shocked took a long time to get rolling, and that was Luke Shen. Yeah, you know, you can't do that. And, you know, they go all the way. I mean, so, you know, they, they win the Frozen Four. I think the title game is on April 8th. And after that, I believe 
again, the schedule not in front of me. I think the Leafs have three games left. They're all on the road, two in Florida and one in New York. So by then, by then, Sheldon Keefe, I don't think he's really too worried about getting a kid in at that point. Um, you know, you want you want to have your your uh, maybe 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 if, if they know where they're going to be in that first round, if they have home ice clinched by then, but they're still fighting for it. I don't see why you put knives into that type of situation because it's unfair to the kid. And at least now, as it stands, if there are no injuries, guys, to have in the forward group, it'd be awfully unfair to look at any one of those twelve and take him out. Uh, so you could give that guy that type, that type of look in, in such an intensive week. So again, we'll see how it goes. You know, maybe he gets up here earlier. Maybe Minnesota season doesn't end the way that they want. But uh, like, like I, I'll, I'll just go back to what Dubas was saying to us. On, I think it was February 9th or 10th, sometime around there. Just, just temper it a bit because it is going to take him some time. And uh, you know, it's. Uh, it's a much different player, but even a guy like Nick Abrazizi coming up last year, getting a look clear pretty much right away, this guy needs at least a whole year in the American Hockey League before he can really think about coming into the NHL and doing something. And that's what he's had. So, you know, we'll have to see. But uh, Nice is going to be here one day. I think we know that. He's going to make an impact one day. I just don't see it in the next few months. Well, the thing that I want to know then beyond this is the Maple Leafs now, you look at their roster and the construction that's going to be done here. Um, Who do you think or what do you think Kyle Dubas is going to do next? Is it bringing someone more in while moving bodies out? So just per se, throw this one out there hypothetically, a Kerfoot to Vancouver and you bring back a cheap Luke Shen. You know, somehow, some way. Is that what he's going to do? Is there purely now going to be moving something off this roster to make all the new pieces fit and that's it. Well, it could, but you know, if they can make it work some other way, then the thing goes, you can never have too much depth. You know, I, I, at least don't have a ton of forwards under contract next season. Of course, their integral guys are. And, uh, you know, you, you, in a perfect world, you even players of, you know, of, of Engvall and Hilk and, and Kerfoot, all those guys are going to be unrestricted. You know, um, you still want to see them go out the door and, and get nothing in return. Well, no, not necessarily. But you still need that depth. And, you know, that, that scenario could happen, Jamie, if they do decide to get a defenseman type. I think Luke Shen would be a good depth guy for them. I don't think there's any argument there. I mean, now now getting a guy like McCabe, you, unless there are injuries, if you, if you acquire a Luke Shen, you're not going to be asking him to do more than he can do. And I think that's important. You're not going to have to run him out there every every other night once the playoffs start, if it even gets that, if they acquire him. So there there is that to consider. Um, you know, whether like I said, whether it's whether they look at it and say, okay, well actually we do like our depth. We've got Pontus Holmberg with the Marlies. If we trade, you know, a Kerfoot or Engvall, he can then come back up and be part of it. There are lots of moving parts here for them in that regard, but. You know, I, 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 like I said, Kyle's biggest things are done, and um, you know we'll have to see how the next few days play out. But uh, their roster, I would like to think, is more or less set. At least, certainly the uh, the vital pieces of it are. So, just to be clear, fireworks wise for guys coming into the Maple Leafs, you pretty much think the Maple Leafs have done their heavy lifting. The moves that they have gotten done are the ones that'll be pretty much on the stamp book come the end of trade deadline. Yeah, I, I, well, I don't know what else you'd do now, right? Because then 
you know, if you're, if you're looking at anything more significant, then, you know, <laughs> something significant has to go. And guys, remember too, I mean, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the big pieces are, are off the board. And, yep. you know, we're kind of joking about what's going to be left for Friday for, for the talking heads to discuss. I mean, not going to be a heck of a lot, especially if Keane, Patrick Kane winds up with the New York Rangers mm-hmm. before then, or even if he does, and even if it does happen Friday, we all knew it was coming anyway. So a lot of those bigger moves across the league have been made. And, um, you know, Kyle Dubas made two of them. And uh, like I say, there's little to argue with uh, in, in the two big moves that he has made now. Now everybody's talking about Kyle Dubas needing to make that hallmark move for his resume. Obviously, I don't really think he cares about his resume. I think he cares about getting this team to where it needs to be, which is the promised land of a Stanley Cup. But these are two big moves on his resume. Ryan O'Reilly, Nola Shari, Sam Lafferty, now Jake McCabe. And the latter move has guys sticking around for next season and beyond uh, in the terms of McCabe. I'm wondering for you, do these really add to, I guess, whatever lore you want to have for Kyle Dubas. And if you are the Maple Leafs, this is a, a guy that I would say I don't want to see walk at the end of the season. In, in Dubas? Yeah. You can't make that call now. You can't make that call until it's fine. <clears throat> I think that's just my opinion on it. But I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, you know, obviously there was some, whether it was Brandon Shanahan or the board, there was some idea that uh, – Let's see what this guy can do in the last year of a deal because they haven't won yet under him, let alone a playoff round or anything else. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. You know, what will be the, uh, what will be the bar guys for, for him to keep his job? Will it be one playoff round? I don't know about that. Will it be two? We don't know until the spring starts, but the way I wrote it today was he's done all he can at this point now to put the okay. Leafs in a good position. And for that, he can hold up his head high. Again, that's today. If they lose to Tampa in the first round, then, you know, he's going to be talking about his resume. He's going to be updating it over the summer if he doesn't, uh, you know, get a job sometime around the draft or something. So I think he'll be gone. But, uh, you know, let, let, let's let's get to the playoffs, I think, before we make that final judgment on him. Okay. Terry, you, you brought up, like, the Leafs are playing Tampa, like, What's your, what are your thoughts on the, the playoffs? Do they need to go back to the 1-8 format? Or, like, I saw a tweet today showing that even if they were doing the 1-8, they'd still be playing Tampa. But, like, is this ridiculous? Or, should, like, should we go back to the 1-8? I'd go back to the 1-8. Yeah. You know, it's just coincidence, I think, that if, if you go that way, the Leafs are still playing Tampa. Um, but, you know, like, we know two, two Stanley Cup caliber champ, two Stanley Cup contending caliber teams are probably going to be out in the first round in the East. Yep. yep. And right now, guys, I think, you know, the last I looked at the, the standings earlier today, you know, the, uh, the, the each of the top six teams in the, in the, in the East would be points-wise the top <clears throat> in the Western Conference right now. <clears throat> so we've seen the power shift from the East to West. You know, I guess it depends how you're looking at it. But, yeah, the way that the Leafs' Atlantic division uh, boils down, the top three teams are so good. Um yeah, I'd like to see them go back to one to eight, but uh, better chance to see those top four teams move on. But, you know, um, <clears throat> the fact of the matter is, really good hockey teams are not going to be playing past, you know, uh, the end of April. And uh, that's too bad. But this is, I hate to say it, but this is the, this is what we have right now. And uh, from the NHL standpoint, there doesn't seem to be much appetite for changing it. So, 
this is uh, going to be it going forward. But um, either way, you know, one 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 of eight, uh, you know, at least they're within the Atlantic and the, the two three play Tampa get past. I think Kyle Dubas said today, guys, too, was one of the things he said during its availability was, look, we should relish this. Let's go and embrace it. Let's go and embrace having to get through these walls to get where we want to be. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's on the players to get that done now. No, it definitely is. Well, one question I want to ask now, um, we talked about this via email, but I want to get it out here. The um, the construction of the Leafs defense now, you talked about maybe Rasmus Sandin being the guy to sit. Uh, a lot of people... For their own reasons, I don't agree with it all the time. Want Justin Hall to be that guy. For you, what is the optimal Leafs defense core given the players that they have? And you can include a Jordy Ben in there if you want to as well. Yeah, I don't think I'd include Jordy Ben. I wouldn't include Connor Timmins either. I like a lot of what Connor Timmins does, but uh, there has to be defensive improvements made by him. And, you know, he's not an overly old guy. We get that. But, um, you know, it's hard to say how how it's going to all boil down. You know, like I said about earlier, Keith has a luxury now of figuring this out. And is, is it a Sandine who, you know, who physically, can he stand up to the uh, uh, rigors of playing in the playoffs? We'll have to see. I mean, you know, perhaps that decision is made before we get to the playoffs. But uh, I thought he's, he's done well at the times this year. When he's been added, has had added responsibilities. I mean, look, the Leafs defense core as a whole uh, got through those injuries to Muzzin and, 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 and uh, Morgan Riley and TJ Brody quite well. There was no team going over a cliff. In fact, it's the opposite happened. They really buckled down and played good hockey, uh, uh, you know, below their own blue line. So I understand that the playoffs are a different kettle of fish and everything, but, you know, whether it's a Sandine or a Hall. Uh, we'll have to see. I mean, again, you know, how it starts is not how it's necessarily going to end. It's and how it starts is not necessarily going to be, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games in. You know, Mark Giordano, if you're looking at him and saying, okay, we're going to expect you to go play every other night with intensity that's a lot higher than it was just three to two games of regular season, can he do that every night? So if he can't and he need, does need some night off, does it then become a Sandine come into the lineup or a Justin Hall, whoever it is? I think the other good thing, too, guys, that the Leafs have been able to get through this year with with working through the injuries, is, is I kind of alluded to it before, is Keith's been able to look through or go through a lot of pairings, work a lot of pairings, have basically everyone with everyone at, at some point, and, uh, you know, see what's worked. Now, there's going to be a little bit more of that uh, with Jake McCabe. I, I would imagine that whoever McCabe plays with on Wednesday, uh, you know, that's not going to be the same thing for the final 30 games or whatever it is. Perhaps you get to look at somebody else and Keith can go that way. But to the original question, Jamie, you know, I, I would think it would be a Hall or a Sandine, um, but that's to be determined. And, you know, if you're the Leafs right now, as much as you like your depth, you keep your fingers crossed and no one gets hurt and you have a full complement of guys going into uh, game one of the first round. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. Now, obviously the forward complement, I know Pete probably wants this answer as well. We see Ryan O'Reilly playing with, you know, Mitch Marner and Willie Nylander, John Tavares. Is the optimal forward group having Ryan O'Reilly out of your top six or in your top six, in your opinion? Well, listen, if if he's in your top six, then you know – you have two strong centers behind him in Camps and Acharya, right? And so there's there's that option. Uh, if he's out of it, then he's you know then he bumps all those guys to the wing ostensibly, and he's your third line center, and that 
that makes that up the middle for the Leafs even more ramrod straight than it would be, you know, with, with the other two guys. But, um, again, it, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I kind of thought they would go to him right away as that third-line guy and, and figure that out. But I like what Keith has done here. I like, you know, I think we're making too much of this John Tavares moving to the wing. I think, like Keith said, it was in Buffalo last week guys at the end of the day Tavares is going to be back in the middle and if that's the case then you then I would assume that O'Reilly is down to the third line but you know John Tavares has been around he's played a thousand games I think he's made a fight adjustment to the wing and right now it's working and you know Keith talked about the other day about doing this in segments and trying guys out in segments uh, you know whether it's four or five games so I think we'll still see O'Reilly in the middle Tavares on the left, Nylander on the right, and of course, keeping uh, Matthews, Martyr, and Bunting together after what they did last night in Seattle. So, But as far as the optimum goes, Jimmy, it's, it's you know, it's, I think it's almost one of those things where if Arati's on the on the second line, center, or the third line, you can't lose either way. Uh, because you, that just, you just, you move your death pieces around. Now, if he's, if he's down on that third line, then, it, then you have the issue of, well, who becomes... You know, the Tavares are back to the second line center. Who becomes that winger up there? Are you really comfortable with Perfect in your top six? You know, I'm wrong with that. But right now, the way the way that it, the way that it looks and the way that that third line looks now, Lafferty's going to get in there somehow. I, I think that you know, one of Engvall or Aston Reese will come out of the lineup. Um, you know, that strengthens that group. I mean, one thing you don't want to sleep on Lafferty, too, is kind of what our Charlie brings. It's not just that tough guy, but also there's a bit of a scoring touch there. Yep. And uh, certainly, certainly a lot more than Zach Aston Reese has. You know, all due respect to the player, he just doesn't have that knack. Uh, these these two new guys do. So that's key as well. But Olati at, at uh, 2C or 3C, um, either one is, 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 is a benefit for the Leafs. Either one, you know, makes them better than they were before. He's not yet Tavares in the wing, but he's doing that well, and then we'll see the clicking. So, again, lots of time for Keith to figure this out. No, definitely. I know Pete's got the next question up here. So, Pete, what's up? Um, I saw your tweet today. Leafs, this just in, Kyle Dubas really is all in. So, I just, I want to know, uh, what, if you were to give him a grade right now, what would you grade him based on his, this team right now? On the team right now, it's all, well, they're what are they in fourth place overall? Yeah, and he's just made two significant trades with, without yeah. taking one off the roster. Like, if you're if again, I, I would have given him an A at the end of the regular season last year as well. So, you know, it, the, the things that he's done have worked. I mean, and now, one guy we haven't talked about in this whole conversation could be the linchpin to everything, and that's Ilya Samsonov. Yep, yeah, to keep playing the way that he does, and you know. To get back to your question, Pete, Dubas heads his bets last summer on Samsonov and Murray rediscovering their games and, uh, you know, possibly leaving a little bit of room open for the idea that they were going to be injured at some point because they both have those histories. Well, we've seen that now. But to me, Samsonov has taken over as the number one. I think you want to keep him in this groove in the, in the last couple of months. Don't overplay him. Keep him in that groove. And, uh, you know, Murray going to get in there at some point. But, I just like the job that Samsonov has done. I think he deserves that opportunity. And, you know, if worst comes to worst, you have Joseph Wall as another as a third option. I don't think, you know, I, I don't think the Leafs are going to be looking at goalie insurance the rest of the week. I, I don't think that that would be prudent for them. Um, they have what they have, and you go forward with it. So, and that, to get back to your question about what grade would you give, he's looking pretty good right now with the goaltending too, right? Yep. 
So, you know, Sandstaff has been really good, really solid for them. You know, obviously a boost to him to get a win on the road last night, but um, I just think that home away thing is a little bit of an aberration. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Dubas has to get a good grade right now, a high one, an A grade, with two months to go in the regular season. Maybe that's a different answer, you know, starting in a month and a half. Perhaps not, but like I said, they're, they're top five in the league. Uh, they're doing they're doing a lot of things well. You know, Nylander's having a great season. All these guys are doing so many good things, and uh, they've, they've managed to get through the injuries. Andy, like I said, he makes two trades that you don't delete anybody off the roster. Mm. And, uh, everything still lines up financially. No, it definitely does. Well, the last one I want to ask you here uh, before we let you go, I know you got something to get to, my friend. Um, the Maple Leafs, long for the playoffs here in the first round, have been called a soft team, a pushover team, a team that really, um, you know, doesn't stack up well to the physical play, even though to me, they really took Tampa to the brink last year. I know they didn't get the job done, but they still did not give up an inch, in my opinion. Um, You know, Nick Paul scored two goals in game seven, and that's what everybody hangs their hat on. But I want to ask you, with the moves the Leafs have added, Ryan O'Reilly, Nola Shari, Sam Lafferty, Jake McCabe, and then, of course, the own playoff scars that these Maple Leafs have occurred over the few years. I'm wondering, do these Leafs have now, in your eyes, and maybe many others, the toughness to go up against the Tampas, who have an absolute prickish bottom six, to put it nicely? Yeah, well, I, I think the news that Kyle Dubas made in the past two weeks is, is I've addressed those things. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly's less than four years off his contract. Yep. You know, does, does he? Is he? Does he? Does he move at the same speed that he did then, or even you know years ago? Well, everyone ages. I mean, that catches up to you a bit, but he's still a hell of an effective player, and he still has that experience. I mean, we talked about you know Jake Muzzin and, and Matt Murray and, and their cup wins guys. Well. Ryan O'Reilly's a lot more fresh, and he was uh, the impact that he had in that Blues run was was obvious. It was huge. So you know, I, I I just think there's a little more of that. You know, Noel Terry has 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 that background as well in Boston. And, you know, we, we know what he did against the Leafs a few times once the playoffs started. Yep. He's got that. He's got that flavor to him. You know, McGee doesn't because he hasn't played in the in the playoffs. At least not in the playoffs, but. He has that. He has that. He has that uh, approach. So yeah, I, I think they are better off in that way. And you're right, Jamie. I agree with you completely. But by no means are the Maple Leafs one out of the building by the Tampa Bay Lightning last night. Yeah, no, they, we said it in time. Yeah, they lose. They lose. You know, they're up in Game Six. They lose Game Seven at home. Fact of the matter is, there was no shame in losing to the team at the time. That at the time was the defending two-time Stanley Cup champion. Now, the, the the pain last year for the Leafs was, you know, a lot of us thought, and they, they might have thought too that had they got past Tampa, they probably were on their way. They get that mental hurdle is gone. You know, whether they had acknowledged it even being there, of course, it's got to be a bit of the thinking. That's gone. You can just go out and play hockey and do what you know how to do and do it to the best of your ability. And they probably, I, I thought they would have gone all the way last spring, but it didn't happen. But yeah, I, I think that some, at some point, those scars have to amount to something. A, and then B, um, coupled with the players that Dubas has added, uh, they've all got that, that little bit of a thing to them. Lafferty, too. It's got a bit of an edge to them. You know, Cherry has that. And, uh, like Barry said, McCabe and O'Reilly, you know, I think are going to bring that in spades. So, yeah, I think they are a little more uh, prepared for it than they were uh, a year ago and uh, two weeks ago. 
Well, we're definitely looking forward to seeing what the Toronto Maple Leafs can do, obviously, in the playoffs. I want to get you back on after the trade deadline and the dust settles a little bit and we start to see some line combinations and defensive pairings and such. But, uh, Terry, I always want to say thank you very much. You're always so gracious with your time. I know you got a lot going on right now. So thank you for uh, jumping on on a big trade day and uh, talking some Maple Leafs with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Always good to talk to you, and we'll get this uh, this video thing straightened out for the next one. <laughs> thanks, Terry. We'll talk appreciate to you soon. appreciate it. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, if you were listening into the podcast there, that was Leafs reporter Terry Koshan breaking down the trade today with Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Leafs getting Sam Lafferty and Jake McCabe. Number 28 will be Sam Lafferty taking Joey Anderson's number. Number two will be Jake McCabe, which is pretty cool. Uh, looking forward to both those guys getting in the lineup. Terry just said at Breaking News, they will be in the lineup Wednesday night against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, hopefully they get into town and get a practice in for tomorrow. Um, looking forward to what impact these guys can bring. Uh, lots of people saying there still are more moves for the Maple Leafs to make here. We shall see. There has um, to be. There yep. has to be, James. They're, they're not going to sit on. They're not going to sit on Matt Murray LTIR. There's no way. Like Terry Mark, just said, they're they're bringing him back in the lineup this week, James. They can't do it. Much like Terry just said, though, the Rasmus Sandin injury last year right before the deadline opened the door up for them to keep things the way it was. So injuries, as as Terry said, David Alter has said, and everyone who joins this show who works in the biz, they always tell us injuries have a way of making things work out. So we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to the Edmonton game on Wednesday night now. Looking forward to the physical impact that these new players can have with the Toronto Maple Leafs and Leafs Nation. It is okay, no matter what realm you are in, for Leafs Nation to be excited because this is exciting times. Let's run it back what's happened. Ryan O'Reilly, Nola Shari, Sam Lafferty, Jake McCabe added to the likes of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares, Michael Bunting, Morgan Riley, and the list goes on. Get fired up. The playoffs, they are a-coming. And the Leafs, well, they are prepared, and they don't spend five picks on one guy. They spread the wealth around the entire lineup. And now, now, Leafs Nation, we get to say, Go Leafs, go! Go Leafs, go, baby! Leafs in four, as Pete says. Let's go four, baby! That's all we need, Leafs in four. But it will be the Maple Leafs enjoying the second round. Book it. This team is ready to go, and I love the fact you see Austin Matthews getting with his boy Mitch Marner last night and starting to vroom, the old engine back up, and I think things will be humming because finally we have a top six that rivals any in the NHL. And now a bottom six that is just a plain old asshole to play against. Whether it's Zach Aston Reese, which I think he will be in the lineup come the playoffs. He's a guy that you want in there physical. Nola Shari, Sam Lafferty just brought in both physical. Then they're playing with guys who can win the draw. David Camp, hello, how you doing? Okay, this team is going to be something. Can't wait to see it. But ladies and gentlemen, for myself and Mr. Pete Heat, go follow him over on TikTok. And on Twitter, this has been a very special edition of Offside Hockey Talk with our guy, Terry Koshan. And you know what the catchphrase is. 
It's Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk.